0: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. It's Tuesday. You're here. I'm here. What do you say we celebrate by talking track with our Star Trek pals? It's Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion.
1: And I'm Ken Ray. Tonight, from Star Trek to Star Wars to Batman to Blu-rays, Our guest has something to say about all of it. He's Brian Ward from the Arkham Sessions podcast. Also a longtime Trek fan and a panelist on the long-running Psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars panel at Comic-Con. You want in on this conversation? Of course you do. You can click on the link to our Zoom meeting, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. Uh, You can also call us. We would love it if you did. 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call, 669-900-6833. Then you enter the meeting code that you'll find in the show description and the comments. Then uh, the floor is yours, floor not included.
0: Hey, you know what I'd like to do right now, Ken, and that's say hello to some of our friends who are watching. You got Thomas, you got Jordan, you got Paul, you got Mary, you got Barry, you got Kim, we got Tracy Lee Coco. Hashtag bring back Lieutenant J. They're all there in the chat and Facebook saying hi. Hi back to all of you. And we certainly hope to have you participate in tonight's conversation. Now, if you are watching us live on Facebook or YouTube, thank you. If you are watching us not live, well, thank you as well. If you are listening to the audio only version of the show, well, we hope we sound as good as we look. Remember, though. It's not just about this show. The Roddenberry Podcast Network is a network of podcasts. Very clever. It's all available at podcast.roddenberry.com. Over there, you'll find Mission Log, Mission Log Live, The Trek Files, Women at Warp, and Priority One. Got to catch them all at podcast.roddenberry.com. And wherever, whenever you might be enjoying our fun little diversion, remember, hit like, hit share, write a review, or give us five
1: stars. All of the above would be fine. That would really be fantastic. Hey, we want to tell you about some stuff coming up for Mission Log and Mission Log Live. Uh, let's talk about the VR thing first. Next Thursday, oh, man, the, the trivia thing is getting so dangerous. It's getting so scary at this point. We're already down to two. I know what you're thinking. Weren't there supposed to be three people? There were supposed to be three people, but I think one got scared actually unfortunately one just can't make it but uh, next week we have the final round the the finale of the uh, trivia tournament that we've been doing that is thursday the 13th of december uh, so we're excited about that as far as other events that we're doing we're kicking around a bunch we're working on a new um space in the vr space that we're hoping to bring people into so right after the first of the year i expect stuff to pop off for us but there's other stuff to do in Sansar, like uh, John. I know you saw this on Facebook earlier this week. They're having a comedy show next Monday night, and it's five comedians, not in the Nexus, but just just an event in Sansar that uh, that they're welcoming people into. I mean, the stuff that we do, we're obviously very excited about, but there's a ton of really cool stuff out there as well. So definitely join us on the 13th for the final round of the trivia challenge. But then, you know, just poke around other places. Go to an ancient Egyptian ruin. Go to the moon. Go all kinds of places. As sansar.com is the place to check it all out. So that's us in the virtual space. But then back here in Meat Space, John.
0: Yeah, back here in Meet Space on the live show. So slight change in programming. Uh, tonight, we're welcoming Brian. We, we missed uh, Dr. Drea Letamendi. She would have been here with us tonight. Unfortunately, she is a little under the weather. So uh, we are, we're exactly half as excited to have the other half of her show, <laughs> the Arkham Sessions. We'll talk about that in a moment. Now, coming up on December 11th, we will be talking about The Brightest Star. That is the episode of the Discovery Short Track airing on december 6th uh, that is the show focusing on saru we will have two special guests with us we've actually rescheduled two guys one trek we wanted to change our programming a little bit to specifically fit the saru storyline so you just have to find out about that next week now we will be off tuesday december 25th and tuesday january 1st hope you all have amazing holidays. January 3rd is the airing of the Harry Mudd short Trek, The Escape Artist. So we will be talking about that on January 8th. And then January 17th, Disco is back. So each Tuesday after a new episode of Star Trek Discovery, you will be able to join us here to talk about those episodes. Ken, let's go to the polls. Last Why week, don't we? I missed the show last week.
1: How did it go? I know. Um, fine. I mean, I, you know, I, it seemed to go well. People called in, which, you know, doesn't always happen. Uh, Rod kept his cursing down to, I think, two incidents, uh, one oh, of good. which got removed. So the people listening saying, well, I heard the one, but where's the other one? Oh, don't bother. It's gone now. But, you know, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a good time. I know you were, you were off uh, gallivanting. As I some, was. You
0: know, yeah. Every now and then, guys got to take a break. So, uh, (laughs) sure. (laughs) quality time with my parents, it was really nice. Yeah. Yes.
1: Okay. So then we also, we did go ahead.
0: I would say thank you for not burning the place down while I was gone.
1: Well, you know, I'm not where I'm not there. Had I been there, you know, there's no,
0: yeah,
1: Uh, we did actually do a poll though, which you were going to go ahead and talk about. We did a poll while you were gone. uh, That was about stuff and things.
0: Yes, stuff and things. You asked, are we capable of a Star Trek-like future? Now, our audience, the full 72% of you said yes. That's nice that we have an optimistic audience. 72% said yes, 28% said no. I feel like that could be a much longer and in-depth conversation than just the hour on the live show. So maybe that's a topic to revisit somewhere down the road.
1: Well, I mean, doing Star Trek, it feels like you ought to revisit that quite a bit, right? I mean, uh, like that's, every
0: week, if you're you and me, yeah. Well,
1: like every week, if you're you and me, depending on which series you're watching, but we won't talk about that right now. Hey, we do have a, a poll question this week in honor of, uh, of, uh, of the whole Star Trek. And listen. It doesn't have to be Star Trek versus Star Wars, but it is. Okay. That's the conversation that we're having right now. We all agree that we like them both, but it comes down to brass tacks. You're on that island that people are always sent to where you can only take one franchise with you for some reason. Now, the smart money's on McDonald's, but yes, you can yes. only take Star Wars. That's, that's not what we're doing today, though. Uh, the question that we have for the poll today, uh, worst study issues, Spock or Luke Skywalker? Who's got the worst daddy issues right now? People say Luke Skywalker does 74% Luke Skywalker, 26% Spock. I personally have feelings about that and maybe we'll get to them later in the show, but the poll is out there right now. The question to you, worst daddy issues, Spock or Luke Skywalker. Go to our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash mission log pod. And you can uh, vote in that poll or cast your straw in that poll. Um, all the way through this time next week.
0: So, Ken, I hope that you and all of our guests, uh, all of our listeners tonight, know that I was only kidding when I said that we were half as excited. I am 100% excited to have our guest with us tonight. He is the co-host of the Arkham Sessions with Dr. Drea Letamendi. He is a producer at Shout Factory He is, of course, a panelist from the psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars, a panel held five times at various conventions, and he is a Trek fan from way back. In fact, he is so into it, he owns his own monster maroon. This guy is not messing around. Please, friends, welcome my friend, Brian Ward. How are you tonight, Brian? I'm doing very well, John. How are you? excellent man and i'd I like to see you representing there you have the starfleet academy shirt on but, but you do own a monster maroon i do
2: which is i do i thought I, I thought it'd be a little weird to like be wearing it on the show you know <laughs> this video but that, but yes
0: too weird here yeah but did you get that for a convention or a special event or i
2: swore to myself since uh i saw wrath of con in theaters twice when i was a child that one day i would own that uniform uh, so I'm not going to lie, the moment that Inovos decided to put it out, uh, I, I instantly bought it. Had to now, it doors. took over a year for them to give it to me, but I instantly <laughs> bought it
0: attention john cooley attention john cooley
1: (laughs) let me ask a question really quickly and uh, this is far too geeky but you know it's a live star trek podcast so who cares uh what'd you do about the pants did you buy the whole outfit or did you just buy the uh did you just buy the uh you know the jacket and then figured you'd fake the rest no i got the whole thing
2: nice nice Bravo,
1: bravo yeah
2: Yeah, i I, and had to get the uh had to get the vintage boots just to you know can't can't skimp
0: Wow. Nicely done, man. Well, all right. so take us back. You said that this was a dream since Wrath of Khan. So oh, yeah. uh, just walk us through your Trek story. Just kind of lay the groundwork here for our listeners.
2: Uh, my love of star Trek, God, ah, that dates back to the second grade. Probably. Uh, I was living in Nashville, Tennessee. My father was in the military. So we happened to be stationed in Nashville, uh, just outside or something. And, um, it was playing at six o'clock every night. Uh, so we literally ate dinner to watching star Trek five nights a week, uh, Monday through Friday. I would come into play from playing, just to see the next episode, and it, it got to a point where I didn't even care that I may have seen the same episodes over and over again. There were other shows that once I realized there were no new shows, I got into other things. Uh, but uh, but with Star Trek, I could just watch the original series over and over and over. Um, and uh, yeah, it it you know once the movies started coming out, that was that was it for me.
0: So uh, did that stuff lead you to because I, I know that you've worked in entertainment for a number of years and you've been a producer at Shout Factory. Well, was it your love of science fiction or Star Trek or, or sort of the magic of that that led you down that path? Or was that something
2: else? Totally, totally. It was it was the magic of Hollywood. Um, so even as a small kid, I could see the difference between the original series and say, Wrath of Khan, which inevitably was the first of the features that I had seen, um, I, I don't know that I would have been able to comprehend uh, uh, you know, the motion picture before the excitement of Wrath of Khan. Um, but uh, probably still, I shouldn't have seen Wrath of Khan. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go back because it totally wasn't the second grade because uh, I saw Wrath of Khan in uh, at, at from Wee Willie's daycare and I saw it twice. <laughs> nice. uh, m- I might not have been the right age to see that movie twice, but I did. Um, but yeah, like I, I could see the difference in budget between the original series and the movies and I could see the magic of movie making. And so uh, from a very young age, the moment I could see how things were done, that's all I wanted to watch, you know, when, whenever Fox would have, you know, uh, this Friday, Robin hood, Prince of thieves is coming out in theaters. So we've got this special hosted by Pierce Brosnan. I I had to watch every minute of that just because I wanted to see how movies were made. And that eventually, uh, and of course, you know, the, the grandfather of them all probably is the making of thriller, uh, you know, seeing those things made me want to do what I'm doing now. man. that that was
0: some specific deep diving. I mean, I think we all remember the making of Thriller very, very well. That was a seminal uh, uh, experience for me watching that on MTV. But for you to pull out the making of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, hosted by Pierce Brosnan, that is... Well, it's hosted
2: by a Brit for a movie that... You know, he doesn't have a Brit, not
0: have the good sense to hire a Brit in the role.
2: And I guess technically Brosnan's not a Brit, but he's UK. So it's it's all (laughs) fine. Hey, uh, before we get to
0: Star Wars versus Star Trek or Star Trek versus Star Wars, because I see people in the chat just just ready, just so ready to chime in on this. I want to lay a little bit more groundwork with you, though. Um, we're podcasters. You're a podcaster. You host a little show called The Arkham Sessions. Can you please tell us a bit about that, your journey into that?
2: Absolutely. Um, So my wife is a clinical psychologist, a very geeky clinical psychologist by the name of Dr. Andrea Letamendi. And uh, she has an unwavering love of Batman, specifically Batman, the animated series. It's what got her into geekdom when she was a small child. Uh, It is actually what opened the door to psychology for her. Um, The moment she started seeing people that were messed up, she wanted to know what was wrong with them. uh, Or or as she would say now, what happened to them? Um, And uh, over the years, she ended up becoming... Um, a consultant for Gail Simone when she was writing for Batgirl. Drea is now written into canon as uh, Barbara Gordon's therapist in uh, Batgirl. And she uh, has carried that love of Batman uh, with her her entire life. And uh, so we decided that we were going to do a podcast dedicated to the psychology of Batman, the animated series, where we go episode by episode. uh, And literally this past Friday... I think it was, yeah, this past Friday, uh, finished Batman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures. So our mission is complete. Uh, now
1: wow. it's a question of where do we go from here? Do you go to uh, Batman Beyond or do you go back to uh, some of the old TV series?
2: We might do Batman Beyond. We're we're, we're kind of up in the air. We haven't announced uh, those plans yet, mostly because it's hard to find a series that continued such deep themes as the animated series and the new Batman adventures. We found that uh, Batman beyond is basically a a sort of kick butt action adventure show um, that has a couple of episodes here and there. But, but I kid you not when I say that Drea was able to look at every single episode, even the ones that were considered the worst critters And, you know, just really bad episodes when you're thinking of entertainment value, but she was able to pull psychology, real life psychology and give life lessons or, and it's not like we're, we're not looking for self-help, but what it is, is, um, she's able to go, Oh, well, you know what that is where he's, he's showing signs of this. And this is what this is. And having this doesn't make you a bad person. And this is how we would treat this. And here are real life examples and you know, all that stuff. And it gives us an opportunity to pick on Bruce Wayne a little bit too, because that guy's not normal.
1: See, I was going to ask actually, and and forgive me, because I know we're supposed to be doing Star Trek, Star Wars, but I mean, you guys do start from the premise that Batman slash Bruce Wayne is messed up. I mean, I'm sorry that something happened to him.
2: I, I start from that premise. Drea starts from the premise of he's doing the best with what he has. Uh, so she, she chooses to look at him as someone who is coping in a way that he feels he needs to. Um, but she has warmed up to the idea that he doesn't always make the best decisions. And one of those decisions is keeping uh, the people closest to him a little too far from him. Uh, so she is she is happy that there is a Bat family, but agrees that they need to be a little closer and a little more influential in his decision-making.
3: Interesting. Well, that
0: is very well said. Uh, 669-900-6833 for you to call in and join us in the conversation or click on the Zoom link, and you will be here on video with the three of us as we dive into our conversation about The psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars. Now, very important to include those first two words, the psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars. We got people really worked up because they saw this and they're like, oh, Star Trek versus Star, I love them both. How dare you? Isn't there room for it? Isn't there room for both, et cetera? Tell (laughs) Tell us about the five iterations of the psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars. What's the premise? And then we can kind of do the deep dive.
2: I'm more interested in knowing which one you specifically John think is better. Uh, I think everybody wants to know which one is better and which one John champion thinks is better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to get into who's my favorite bond and then uh, we'll just, we'll just become a mess. It'll become bloody chaos on the show. Yeah.
2: The psychology of star Trek versus, versus star Wars literally started because Drea Uh, If there's a love that she has that rivals Batman, it's Star Wars. And she has a very good friend and colleague, Dr. Ali Matu, who is uh, a hardcore Star Trek fan, will rival anyone on Star Trek. And the two of them would would constantly uh, battle. And it got to a point where uh, I, I suggested we need to turn this into a panel at... I think we started at WonderCon uh, in 2012 or 13. Um, and he would come out from New York and we would get a co-panelist per side, someone who was either a writer or an expert or a cast member, and they would uh sort of back clean up for the psychologist who would battle, you know, there'd be it'd be questions like um uh con versus Vader. Uh, because you've got someone who was bred to be uh, a a tyrant or a a, a Lord of whatever. And you had got someone who was turned into a a tyrant. And, and so we would, we would tackle things like uh, which of the two handled the psychology better or more realistic. And uh, you were on, one of those iterations you were on the second one yes. that we did at Comic-Con the first year
0: yeah and, and that's where i met uh, dr matu and he's uh, he's been on our show and he's just such a wealth of insight into star trek and he, he's wonderful but this is what i wanted to get into because i i think you present that question provocatively so star trek versus star wars and people get very worked up and they think it's an it puts eye- it work. puts
2: butts in seats, seat, you know, Star, it does. Star Wars and you right. were there. You, you can you can attest to the fact that they were turning away people at the door. It, right. it became yes. a popular enough panel at WonderCon and Comic-Con that they kept inviting Drea back. She wasn't even submitting anymore. They were just like, do you want to you want to do another one? And nice. Nice. You know, so.
0: Well, OK, I, I'm sort of jumping to the end. Will there be any more? Because you've done five. I mean, I don't know if you feel like you've exhausted the topic.
2: I don't think we've exhausted the topic. Um, the, the real problem is, as I mentioned, we've basically only done them at WonderCon and Comic Con. Uh, and one of these days we should go over to the East Coast and do it in New York in Ali's home turf. Uh, but, but getting Ali out to, anaheim and san diego has been a little difficult he's been really busy the last you know couple of years so uh so getting him out here to do that has been a little problematic and we don't feel like we could do it without him so uh i think especially after our last one it's not where we want to end it's we want to come back for another one Uh, it's just a question of how we can make it work logistically but if you're posed a question like um The Kobayashi Maru versus the Dagobah cave, which one is a better test of, you know, your own psychology? Uh, That's an argument I want to hear versus Millennium Falcon versus uh, Enterprise, you know, (laughs) like.
0: Well, because we know the Enterprise would win Uh, moving on, Uh, (laughs) by the way, uh, one of our listeners says, hey, how about STLV? And uh, I would certainly be down for that at Vegas. I don't know if
2: would we be welcome at a uh, like. I mean, that's (laughs) like walking into the lion's den. You're like, if you bring in a
1: Star Wars anything, I feel like that's just setting us up. No, honestly, you'd be, you'd be welcome there. Uh, there have been a lot of people who have been doing cosplay and things uh, in years, uh, in recent years, that have either been sort of a mashup of the two or sometimes it's just straight up Star Wars. And then I want to say the Avengers were there a couple of years ago for reasons that I you know, can't quite explain. Wow. I, I, I don't think I would expect to win. I mean, if you're taking the Star Wars side, I don't think I would expect to win just because, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's thousands of people who are there. You know each one of them able to do that, absolutely no problem. I'm sorry, do the Vulcan you know the Vulcan hand gesture, I mean absolutely no right. problem, so right. I, you know the the table might be tilted a tiny bit, but yeah you'd you'd be absolutely welcome, uh you know, plus it's Vegas, everybody's welcome, you know yeah. as as they've got five bucks to spend
2: yeah oh yeah yeah, uh, and no desire to see sunlight um the <laughs> the the really. Good thing about this panel is I I grew up a star. Well, I grew up a fan of both. I mean, star Wars, I probably would say was the first movie I saw in theaters. Um, I, I have a legitimate love of both of them as does everyone. When, when we say the psychology of star Trek versus star Wars, like I said, it's literally to get butts in the seats. Uh, we know if you see the ones that we put online on, on YouTube, um, spoiler alert, there's never a winner. Uh, we, right. it's, it's too obvious, uh, you know, that we, that we love it all, but, uh, they always end up being really fun. Um, a, lo- a lot of playful jabs back and forth. Uh, I seem to remember yours had a number of them. It was you and Brian Young. Um, and, and, and so there was a lot of playful jabbing right. back and forth.
0: Right. Well, I was very lucky to have Ali on my side. I mean, again, I would go into intellectual battle with him on my side <laughs> any day of the week. Uh, but, but Brian and I got to play off each other a bit. Yeah,
2: but, but Drea and and whatever teammate she's on always ends up bringing it. Because I, I am of the camp of, when you're talking real-life science, whether it's uh, whether it's technical or medical or you know uh, neurological, Star Trek is probably going to have... The upper hand on a franchise built on fantasy characters, uh, you know, the wizard, the the pirate, the, it, it, they're sort of one to two ish dimensional characters, uh, versus Star Trek. Uh, and so I've always been surprised with. The arguments they've been able to bring to the table, and uh, and now that you've got Clone Wars and you've got uh, you know uh, shows like that Rebels that have been able to actually get deep into character, I'm like eh, Star Wars is kind of bringing it right now. So uh, my favorite iteration of the uh, of the the panel series so far was Drea teamed up with Sam Witwer. Uh, who plays Darth Maul on the the Clone Wars. uh, And uh, Ali teamed up with Rod Roddenberry, a friend of your show, Uh, obviously. You've heard of him, yes. yeah, Once or twice. Um, The funny thing about that panel is Rod openly admitted that he grew up more a Star Wars fan. And Sam admitted that he grew up more a Star Trek fan. So every question would end with drea and ali battling it but then their counterparts going look you made a good argument but i'm gonna have to go over here on this one until it got to a point where they basically should have just switched seats
0: (laughs) nice well look that that's kind of the whole point of this thing that's why i wanted to have you on and that's why this is such a cool conversation Again, provocatively putting it out there as Star Trek versus Star Wars, but really, it, it comes down to what we do on Mission Log. It's not about, at the end of the day, whether an episode is good or bad, is one better than another. It, it's about the idea that's at the center. What is the heart of the show? What is it trying to say? So I was absolutely fascinated that you, and Andrea, would pull together these questions that, that pit a psychological concept from one or the other against each other. I thought that was such a cool approach. We have a caller standing by. Uh, John, you're uh, you're on the phone. Do you like to chime in?
3: Oh, uh, hey. Uh, yeah, hey, it's John. How you doing?
0: Guys? Hey, what's up, John?
3: Hey, um, I had kind of a... I don't know if it's a unique point of view on Star Trek versus Star Wars, but I have a tendency to play with both. And um, you know, I dig them both. Um, but it is funny how... You know, the idea of pitting Star Wars versus Star Trek, uh, you know, gets everybody's attention, gets everybody's dander up. But I think what's really funny is for a select few of us that are part of a very specific generation, it's a no win scenario uh, of a question. Um, You know, and I don't want to take up too many parsecs of your time. (laughs) But there's this idea, uh, there was a study that I read many years ago, I have to look up who actually did it, that suggested that um, Americans particularly, if they gravitate towards a sports team that is successful between the ages of 8 and 13, that they will be a fan of that particular team for the rest of their lives. Um, What's interesting is for, for those of us born in the early 70s, who perhaps found Star Trek and then '77 happened and their Star Wars. We kind of have two teams. It's like being a fan of, I suppose, the Orioles and the Yankees at the same time. It's like, what do you do? Hmm. Um, and it's it's one of those things where you're always going to like one or the other. And what I've found is that if there are fans that are younger, that skew younger, that weren't at that magic point between the original trilogy happening and then the the desert for the original trilogy and the resurgence of Star Trek with motion picture and then TNG as, as we get into the 80s that they're pretty much Star Wars fans or even if they like Star Trek Star Wars they pretty much skew closer to the Star Wars side but those early 70s kids like me and I'm kind of dating myself there's this little sweet spot there where yeah you know we'll probably love one more than the other but it's it's almost like asking us to pick a favorite child you yeah. know like what, what do you want more um there have been some fun experiences that i've seen uh over the years at conventions or whatever where uh people will come up to us and perhaps if say something's on display something star wars something star trek they're right next to each other uh, i i have one kid one day, who was just beside himself, and uh, he he started breathing heavily. His face turned red, and he said, "Star Wars and Star Trek together in one place. This is an abomination." <laughs> and um, I just <laughs> I just remember thinking that that was so interesting. And and I, I'll let him be Schrodinger's fan. I won't tell you which one he fell on. Either way, whether he was more Star Wars or more Star Trek but the indignation what was was what I found interesting in that situation was that there is for some people this disconnect this idea that you can't like both right you got to pick one or the other you
1: go the opposite you go the opposite way though it's really interesting i was talking to gosh i was in my mid to late 20s i guess i was talking to a coworker at a radio station where i worked who was in his mid 40s i think and, I, you know, talking about Star Wars, because I did all the time, I, I, it was, I was a fan of Star Trek, obviously, but Star Wars still signed, was, was, well, it hit the seven-year-old in me, like you're talking about. And, and this guy who was 20 years my senior said, well, you know, kids have that today. And I was like, "What are you talking about? What do kids have today?" He's like, "Well, we have Independence Day," and you know, he started naming like all these different science fiction films. And I was like, "Dude, no, just just stop." And then I, the <laughs> closest thing I can get into, honestly, was I was like, "Do you remember what 2001 was like for you?" And he was like, "Yeah, that was mind blowing." I was like, "Okay, that's Star Wars, and Independence Day is not that because we've all been hit so much by so much stuff, basically since '83." I mean, you know, well,
3: yeah, <laughs> you well, you said. You said a couple of weeks ago. You said that since '77 on, our generation was nailed with science fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's true. It's true. It's been nonstop since '77. Um, we'll forget about you know ice pirates and stuff like that. Uh, Don't you dare forget no, about, about ice pirates. pirates. No, no, no
2: that's about that's <laughs> the thing, stars. No, no battle beyond the stars. Love. Yes. I was gonna say you can't. Oh, forget, you can't
1: forget like, like Tron and Battle Beyond the Stars and and uh, the Last Starfighter, and I mean just like all of these things that were just like, oh well, you know, it's science fiction because kids love that. And yeah, I I can't speak for every kid out there, but I personally got. I mean, I I think I learned early to discern between good and and terrible. And the terrible can still be enjoyable, but like crawl happened for crying out loud.
3: (laughs) Ken, good good and terrible, or good versus evil? You know, (laughs) (laughs) darkness rises, the light rises to meet it. Star Trek happens, Star Wars. Everything balances out and homogenizes down to two. Have you ever noticed that? There's two superpowers. There's well, two I, but notice teams there, that are rivals, and there's yeah. two things. Like, there were ahead, there
2: were there were two franchises, and I, I think you're absolutely right. And there's certainly something to be said about being a child and uh, latching on to that one fandom because it, it can't be replaced. But but if you notice, what we're talking about is two uh, pivotal moments where you know you've got Star Trek, and then a bunch of things that sort of tried to emulate it. Uh, and then Star Wars and a bunch of things that tried to emulate it. Uh, but it still comes down to the two that were the most successful. Even if Star, or Star Trek right. was the most successful in the ratings, it certainly permeated the culture and the, you know, the, the, the fans are what ended up bringing it back. Uh, now, what I do find interesting about your hypothesis is the idea that Star Trek is in for... Generations of woe at this point because Star Wars is going to, you know, Star Wars is taking over every child, uh, you know, for the last several years. I mean, you even Phantom Men, there are Phantom Menace fans and, and original prequel, uh, or prequel fans um, that may not even know Star Trek. And there are fans of the new franchise and the animated series that have come between and star Trek's not given us the strength that it used to. So this, this conversation might come to an end very quickly simply because future generations cease to remember star Trek.
3: Yeah. Ah, I would refute that though. And the reason I would refute well, it is because
4: Well, I was
3: kind of a Star Wars fan. Uh, but you know, I, I would refute it just because Star Trek's on the rise. We see all this great things happening for the franchise right now. We we've got a, a Captain Picard series coming. We have an animated series coming. Star Trek Discovery is incredibly successful. And so I see the franchise in a, in a sort of state of renewal. Right now, you know, yeah, my daughter will wear a Star Trek pin on her jean jacket and maybe not too many people recognize what it is. But then she comes home from school the other day and she goes, Hey, somebody recognized my insignia. And I'm like, really? Good. That's cool. And so I think we're maybe at this point of renewal where, you know, everything's cyclical, right? And so maybe we're, maybe we're due for a resurgence of the franchise. I see great things coming for the franchise.
2: My, oh, yeah. my fingers, are my fingers are crossed. I, uh, you know, I, and, and by no stretch of the imagination, am I a gatekeeper of any kind whatsoever? Star Trek is Star Trek. If you love any iteration of it, that's amazing. But, but a lot of people would argue that, that the Star Trek that they're falling in love with right now is not necessarily what they grew up with. And I'm okay with that. People can have their, their own versions. Um, but you know, it, like if 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 you're in the Star Trek Discovery conversation, are you in the same conversation as the original series, in the next gen, and DS nine? You know.
3: Well, I think those are all. See, it's interesting. It's the same conversation, different accent. Yes. Because you know, like I, if I run home tomorrow, it's the TOS. I mean, I I I'm a Kirk. I, if yeah. I cosplay something, it's Kirk. If I if I identify with someone, it's Kirk. And yet. You know, there's room for more. See, what's great about Gene's invention here is that it's infinitely malleable. One of my major sort of hangups right now is so many people, for instance, talking about the upcoming comedic animated series who are like, well, that's not Star Trek. Well, why would you seek to put boundaries on what Star Trek can be? My idea of Star Star Trek is that... Yeah, and Star Trek, especially as a TOS fan, there was humor, there has always been humor present in Star Trek. Um perhaps it's sly, perhaps there's a wink, perhaps there's a just an arched eyebrow. But Star Trek has always been to me at times you know very funny even even in those moments where something could be dire there might be a joke to break the tension. And that's a mirror of real life. I mean, people do that in the worst situations possible. In combat, somebody will crack a joke. And so the idea that, no, Star Trek must be this thing, I think is somewhat narrow-minded. I think Star Trek can be many things. It has been many things already between the original series and um, the animated series, the motion picture, Star Trek's the, Star Trek's been rebooting itself since 1964. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> yeah,
1: John, thank you very um, much for calling in tonight, man. We really do appreciate it.
3: No, thanks, thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later. LRAP right, and Major to be with you. Ah.
1: <laughs> right. And also with you, six six nine nine hundred six eight three three is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. We have a tiny bit of business that we have to do, but I have to. I want to raise one thing really quickly with Brian. I hear what you're saying. I hear what John was saying as well. My one concern is discoverability, and I don't want to. I don't want to get into the whole, you know, question of should it be on pay TV and all of that stuff, but. You have to kind of seek out Star Trek right now, which sort of kills the discoverability part. Disney, on the other hand, is starting a YouTube channel to get young, young kids into Star Wars. There's, I mean, that's my concern is not so much that there's not going to be enough Star Trek, but how easy is it going to be for people to find? I agree 100 percent, 100
2: percent. And YouTube especially. um, I I know generations. I know people at work who have basically been raised on YouTube. They don't watch television anymore. Um, And that's not to say that, that they wouldn't necessarily subscribe to the CBS app, but they're not. They're but they've got no problem subscribing to YouTube because of the amount of content and the different types of content. And the fact that, uh, uh, Disney is just making it easy for those people to find star Wars, not just in movie theaters, but on various television channels and, uh, at Disneyland, for God's sakes, there, you know, you star Wars is just really, really accessible. Right now, and uh, and and for all of the and and part of that is the giant of Disney, too. I mean, the merchandising is you can't go into Target without seeing Star Wars, you can't go into, but I'm not seeing too many Discovery backpacks going to you know elementary schools, uh, so. It's a juggernaut. I
0: don't, I don't think elementary kids should be watching Discovery.
2: <laughs> well, and Darren there, lies the problem as well. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. And, and and that's why you need a comedic animated series to get you in, or you need yeah, some sort TV of the Academy you know, yeah.
0: show. You need all of the other iterations. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and honestly, I, I really have high hopes for the animated comedic show, just because I want fans to be able to laugh at themselves and laugh at the things that are funny in Star Trek. I, I really have high hopes for that. Um, And all the other Star Trek shows, because like our caller was saying, I think it can exist in so many permutations that we shouldn't uh, limit ourselves to one definition of, of what Trek is.
1: Hey, Brian, we need to ask you just to hang on for one second, because we have a bit of business that we do need to take care of. uh, And that is uh, for uh, the people who stand behind this show, our good friends at Eagle Moss and the official Star Trek Discovery Starships collection. Uh, Discovery, you know, maybe it's not for kids, but it's for you. (laughs) And it's back right now. Uh, Well, it's it's kind of back because we're in the short tracks and then it'll be back in the next month. We'll be meeting um, a brand new Captain Pike for the very first time. Eagle Moss wants you to get a discovery of your very own, as well as a whole bunch of other ships from that Star Trek series. They are all part of the Eagle Moss Discovery Starships collection.
0: On the Federation side, you have ships like the Shenzhou, this little bad boy that I got in my hands right here, and the Discovery, of course, as well as the Corella, the Europa, so many more. Have a look at them on screen here in the video. And then on the Klingon side, you have that newly imagined bird of prey. You've got the Kalk class destroyer. And so much more coming.
1: Now when you go to Eaglemoss.com/slash discovery starships, you're going to see renderings that serve as the basis for the die cast models themselves, painstakingly reproduced as always under the supervision of Star Trek expert Ben Robinson. Officially authorized by CBS Studios, these things are eh, six to ten inches from bow to stern, depending on which ship you're talking about. They are hand painted, they are rich in detail. Each comes with the awesome magazine full of awesome real world and awesome in universe information. You know, unless it's not the best ship, in which case it's still good information about the in universe stuff. <laughs> and of course each comes with a display stand suitable for displaying your ship.
0: I love how they put the ship and the stand together to make them free it's, it, it, it's, yeah. it's very
1: helpful, yeah.
0: Subscribers will get their first ship, the USS Shenzhou NCC1227, for only $9.95 with free shipping. Additional models, including the iconic USS Discovery NCC1031, will then ship monthly for the special subscriber's price of only $44.95 each. That is 20% off the standard retail price, also with free shipping.
1: Now, people who want to pick and choose their ships can do that, too. For that, you go to shop.eaglemoss.com, or you can head to your local comic shop. You're going to pay about 10 bucks more at each of those places, but saving money isn't the only reason to subscribe. Subscribers also get free gifts worth over a $100 during their subscription, and of course, you can cancel your subscription at any time.
0: So to subscribe, you'll go to eaglemoss.com slash discovery starships to buy individually, go to shop.eaglemoss.com. And a huge thanks to Eagle Moss for sponsoring this week's show.
1: 669 six, nine, is the phone number to call 669 six, nine, 6833 or you can uh, hit the one tap on your smartphone to join the zoom meeting or go to uh, facebook.com slash mission log pod, which is probably where you are right now. So there's no point in going there again and uh, clicking the zoom link as well. Hey, I've got a, I've got a a question for you, Brian. I mean, in, in all of the times that you did these, um, these panels, what's been the most surprising thing that you've heard? What's been the thing that you were like, I never, ever, ever would have thought I would ever agree with that. And now here I am agreeing.
2: Oh man, that is rough. <laughs> when you have when you have when you have Dr. Matteu and Dr. Letamendi talking, you find yourself agreeing with everything they're both saying at any given moment, um, and that's sort of the beauty of my job. Is I've always been the moderator, so I'm I'm not supposed to take a side, uh, but it's gotten hard and I, and every time I think I'm on a side, it switches when the other one has some sort of retort. Um, they, they really are masters at their craft. Uh, I, I don't know that I can remember one specific thing. I do know that, um, and I, I, I can only tease it by saying, you know, that it was by it, Sam Whitwer and Rod Roddenberry, both, um, I think it's one of the reasons why it's my favorite iteration of the, of the panel is that the two of them talked about it with a love and respect for each franchise in such a way that it, it became almost like, a, it was like a church-like experience. Uh, and and uh, you found yourself agreeing with everything, even if you wanted to walk out. Of that conversation going, but I love Star Wars or I love Star Trek. You couldn't deny the things they were saying. Um, and uh and so yeah, I, I, I don't know that I have a certain thing that I heard, but the two people that I heard were Rod and and Sam for sure. Um, and again, Ali and Drea are incredible.
0: We have uh, a couple of comments here that I think we should address. Uh, First of all, Earl says, so I think we can all agree tonight that the winner is Doctor Who, right? So uh, we'll throw that out there. And then uh, on the theme of psychology, Chris says, uh, more Freudian, a lightsaber or Kirk's rock in What Are Little Girls Made Of? Don't know if uh, either of you want to address that. Both uh, very controversial topics there
2: yeah that those are the real hard hitters that we'll uh, that we cover on the on the panel for sure yeah, yeah. um you know i'm i i find myself uh and this is a conversation that dre and i have frequently usually when i want to like sort of poke her um you know I, when i want to poke the bear uh, I, I i bring up the fact that Star Trek is so much more full of psychology primarily because uh, I have a strong belief that uh, uh, Picard never left the Nexus. Therefore um, that guy is just full of, you know, all of these things that have happened post generations um, really show that Picard's got a lot going on. Um, But uh, and she'll, she'll often, you know, Try to battle me back with, you know, various things. But I, I have a very firm belief that everything post generations is just sort of happening in the imagination of Picard. So,
0: well, wait, even the other series, like uh, we're, we're,
2: I guess, DS DS Nine for sure, because "Wharf okay. crosses over. Oh, okay. Voyager, you can say didn't because uh, I can't remember. I'm not as big a Voyager fan, but but I don't think there was a lot of crossover. Oh, on well, that you one. have Admiral
0: Sheenway in
2: in the movie coming. That, right. In, with yeah, but that's him. just that's just a guy remembering a person that really exists. <laughs> so okay. that 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 is okay. She can cross over into his world. What he can't do is cross over to hers. Um, okay. No, like they, there was a whole I'm sure that this is a has been a topic of conversation before, but I've always been troubled by the fact that um, in generations when he meets uh, Ghost Gynen in the Nexus, he asks if he can leave. And she simply responds by saying, where would you go? Hmm. A- and it, she never says you can leave. And, and I'm not sure the Nexus works that way. It's, it's a ribbon that's going through space. No one said it could back up if you decided you didn't want to be in it anymore, the whole point of the, of being in the nexus is that it puts you wherever you want to be at any moment and and give you any life you wanted. Therefore he wanted to save the day. And and, he wanted
0: Kirk to die.
2: And he, yeah, yeah, whatever it took, what he, he wanted Kirk to have, he wanted Kirk to have the sacrifice, that he deserved <laughs> the, the the heroic death that he deserved not to, you know, putting some stuff in a console and getting ripped out into space. Um, uh, but, but I think, you know, the, the idea that suddenly we're playing with physics that weren't introduced earlier on is weird. So yeah. as far as I'm concerned, you know, and you look at Picard's character post generations completely changes. He becomes an action hero. That's, that is a uh, wish fulfillment. If I've ever seen it, uh,
1: I, I just can't, I can't, I can't get on board. Right, I'm, right, so having, I'm having go. so many hard times now. I apologize. <laughs> I'm having so many hard times with what you're doing because then I want to step immediately out and go, okay, well, we obviously know that the Nexus was so they could bring Kirk in and have him be there Correct. at the same time. But you're right. Because then if you're like, okay, but we, but, but now it's part of that universe, you're blowing my mind, dude. Hey, really? Um, can I do uh, John? I think you had something else to say, but can I do the the promo really quickly, dude, and then dude, we'll get to our thing. caller? And okay, because we do have another caller on the line, and there's still time for at least one more after that. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three is the phone number to call, or you can click the Zoom or use the thing from your smartphone and be on the video part with us as well. Uh, before we get to our next caller, though, I want to remind you. That after this show, there's a whole other show that we would love for you to stick around for. Uh, Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast takes the airwaves every Tuesday at 1130 Eastern, 830 Pacific. Elijah, Kenna, and Anthony bring you news from all over the Star Trek multiverse. TV and movie news, gaming news, literary reviews, and a ton of other stuff too. So don't walk away from your computer. Or you know, if you do, it's probably a laptop, so just take it with you where you go. Uh, Just redirect to facebook.com slash priority one podcast. If you cannot stay for the live show tonight, don't forget they publish every Friday as well. And you can find that wherever you get podcasts or podcast.roddenberry.com. Yeah. So do that and join them. And won't that be fun?
0: Uh, no, it, Brian's discussion just uh, it, it launched a whole idea in my head. We've heard about the Picard series. I believe they announced today or yesterday that it'll premiere in late 2019, which I think the, the odds were that's when it would premiere. Uh, the whole thing, the whole series, I don't care how many seasons it runs, Christmas with the Picards. That'll be the whole thing, episode yeah. after episode. <laughs> yep:
2: Yeah, I think, I think if anything, it proves that that's not what he wanted. He wanted a life of adventure on the enterprise. He wanted to save his crew on the planet. He wanted to save the moon he wanted. He wanted that was his family, and that's what he wanted to get back to. So the Nexus led him. but it didn't give him up.
0: There you go. We have a uh, caller standing by Camel. Camel, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, What can we do for you tonight?
4: Well, gentlemen, thank you for taking my call, first of all. Um, I'm trying to watch it on Facebook and listen to you on the phone, and the time dilation is kind of tricky, you know what I mean? (laughs) Of course. Um, You know, uh, uh, I grew up watching the original series, you know, from a little kid on up, and I've uh, been a science fiction fan all my life. You know, I won't say yay or nay. Star Trek, he wins hands down versus Star Wars, just so, he, that, just so that people will know. But Star Wars has its place as well as Star Trek. But I prefer Star Trek because it is about the human race. You know what I'm saying? And it's had so much psychology, so many lessons to be learned through my life, I quote Star Trek all the time. I, I live in Star Trek world. Um, um, uh, I, I, I want to jump in and say that I believe that, that a lot of today's inventions, the, you know, you've heard this, the trickle-down technology, you know, Kirk with the communicator and uh, we got cell phones, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, they're on the verge of, yeah, they're on the verge of making... Uh, tricorder. Well, your smartphone's literally a tricorder. The only thing they won't give us is phasers. But can you blame them for that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, not 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 with the road rage we have in LA. So uh, no, don't want new phasers. Yeah, <laughs>
4: right, right. I I I've said that. I says, yeah, keep the phasers out of it until until the human race obviously evolves to the point that um, we can um, uh, handle them with care. You know what I'm saying? Right. I yeah I I I also like the fact that the the Federation of Planets uh, I do believe is real. I'm just saying that I I I believe it's real. We just don't know about it yet. And it would be neat if it you know like in first contact the Vulcans saw our warp signature and, and decided to come check us out. You know what I'm saying? And thanks <laughs> to that for.
2: Yeah,
0: agreed. We hope that it's a benevolent race that finds us. That that, that would be the way to go.
4: <laughs> we, exactly. And let, let, let's hope it is the Vulcans, you know. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, I, I want to put a punch in for uh, Gene Roddenberry and Rod Roddenberry. Uh, Gene's vision of the future is fantastic, and I believe that it is plausible and possible. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Excellent, mm. hey, Campbell. Thank you so so much uh, for your call, and uh, please join us again anytime. Okay.
4: Absolutely, gentlemen. I'll be watching.
0: All right. Cheers. We'll look for you next time.
2: I certainly think that his vision of the future is possible, but it would require a race like the Vulcans to come down and make first contact. For it, we're not getting there on our own. You know, it's mm. it, it would require someone going, um, guys there's a whole thing out there that you need to be aware of and, and let us show you and take your hand. And that's, that's where the, that's where it's all going to.
0: Well, see, I I look forward to the day that we find anything, even if it's a bacteria, we find any evidence of something outside of the earth. I I hope that that will be a bonding moment. I hope that it's not a first contact situation where we have to wait to get attacked before we learn that we have to work together. But,
1: Hey, uh, there's a thing that we do every week, Brian. I'm sure you know about it because I'm sure John told you about it. We do a, we do a thing called the lightning round every week. Uh, John did, of course, tell you about yeah. that.
0: Yeah. See, we haven't talked in a while and uh, I oh. link
2: to the show, but. But, yeah. uh, but I'm familiar with the show. Oh, oh see, there you go. All right. There you go. Well, then,
1: so the then you, you know exactly what to do when I say favorite Star Trek movie.
2: Two. Wrathcon.
1: Favorite Star Trek starship.
2: Reliant.
3: Ooh. Nice. Achaya.
0: 100%. Aichaya, <laughs> Porthos, or Spot.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Implying that the others were not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Porthos. Nice. Good
0: choice. Uh, Borg Queen. Yes or no?
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Mm. Uh, well, favorite. Star- I mean, but it all happens in the Nexus, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Uh, favorite. Star- well, no. Wait a minute. You said Voyager didn't, though, and the Borg Queen shows up there as well. Oh. Yeah, well, anyway, a, we'll come yeah, back yeah, to possibly. we'll come back to that in like five to seven years, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Favorite Star Trek bad guy. Oh, cool.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what i i'm just gonna say con i right. just
1: yeah that's fine i mean he's a, he's a good bad guy as bad guys go um yeah. uh, domjot or dabo dabo
0: dabo dabo and uh finally uh brian have you ever been to vulcan alberta canada never all right wow. But,
2: but now but, I
0: want uh, to go. Yeah, well, you're on the list. Now you're on the list. We're going to do our, our giant uh, bus caravan up to uh, Vulcan, Alberta, Canada. We're going to have Mission Log Pod Fest uh, 2026. And uh, you're you're now on the list.
2: I
1: actually... 2026, man. 2026. That's, a, yeah. that's quite a while from now, but okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All in the nexus, Ken all yeah, know. in the nexus uh brian if people are looking for you online uh, i assume they should look for the arkham sessions they would find that where
2: you can find the Arkham Sessions. We're on Twitter. We are at Arkham Sessions. There's also uh, you, you can certainly find us on iTunes or uh, Spotify, but probably wherever you're listening to Mission Log, except Facebook. We are on Facebook, but we're not. We don't stream live. Um, and uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I am at bward 28
1: nice. I gotta say, we just finished what uh, TNG earlier this year. And and I know that for me finishing TNG was a very difficult thing because that is my Star Trek; those are my characters. Uh, I was listening to a show of yours recently, and uh, and and I'm sorry for your loss, dude. And I know it sounds like I'm kidding, but I'm not. I mean, it, I as attached as you guys probably are with the show that you've been doing, and doing it week after week after week. It's got to be kind of weird now.
2: We're trying to figure out where to where to go from here. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, we want to continue with the deep characters and the richness that people like uh, Paul Dini gave us. uh, And uh, we'll see if if we can get there with Batman Beyond or Justice League or... Yeah, Superman. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully, people will uh, will tune in and find out where you go next. In the meantime, want to let people know, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Technical production on Mission Log Live by Infinity Networks. Producer Brandon Bradley. Be sure to check out the Mission Log shop. Just go to missionlogpodcast.com and click on shop. Bunch of designs there for you to check out that you can get on shirts that you can get on. uh, Oh, golly, stickers and and oh, yes, tapestries missionlogpodcast.com and then just click shop. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network, including not just Mission Log and Mission Log Live, but also Women at War, Priority One, and The Track Files. Thanks to everybody who joined us live or later, and we will talk to you next week.
4: Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.